Good morning, church on the hill. This is the day that the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, I'm a deeply uh, appreciative and delighted to come and stand before my church family for the first time. Uh, <laughs> and so when Pastor Adam reached out to me to see if I was available and willing to speak to the church this morning, I thought he was testing me. I thought it was a trick about this dangerous faith. And... Uh, and uh, he, he reassured me that he was dead serious, and I told him I would be delighted. Uh, I'm so thankful for Pastor Adam and Pastor Jamie for their spiritual covering of our family. And uh, I also want to acknowledge my wife that's here, and then also my dad and my brother that came to share with us. <laughs> as mentioned, as Pastor mentioned, we're in this series called Dangerous Faith. Dangerous Faith. Dangerous Faith. And to recap, uh, Pastor Adam started us out with a pointed question, what is faith? What is faith? How do we define faith? And how does faith really look like for us? And through the lens of, of Hebrews chapter 11, he, uh, we observed the spiritual heroes of the faith, the spiritual heroes of the faith, and we learned how they lived out their faith in a very real and practical manner. Then we moved on with Pastor Jonathan to uh, expecting faith, expecting faith. And he challenged us, how do we increase our expectations? How do we in uh, increase our expectation? How God has great things in store for us in faith. And he illustrates to us the story of David and Goliath. David and Goliath, how David expected to be victorious over Goliath. And then last week we talked about activating the eyes of our hearts. Uh, activating the eyes of our hearts, seeing God through our life and through the purpose that he has over our lives. Uh, and so this week, this morning, I've been assigned to teach about faith that obeys. Somebody say, faith that obeys. Yeah, look at somebody say, faith that obeys. How do we lead this obedient life of faith? Uh, during the summer of my uh, during the summer growing up, my brothers and I would stay at the house uh, during the summer where our parents went to work. And so the summer of my sophomore year, I would never forget, our family had a family vacation. And so my dad rented a car for us to go on the vacation. We returned late Sunday night, and so my parents decided to return a rental car the next day. But they left specific instructions. They told my older brothers, don't get in the car. Don't touch the car. In fact, don't even look at the car. Obviously, my older brothers could drive. I couldn't, so I thought that message wasn't directed towards me. And so the next morning, I took the car keys off the counter. Yes, I did. Uh, and drove the car out of the driveway and started cruising around the neighborhood for a joyride. I returned back home, everything went well, and I said, you know what, let me go a little bit further so I can show some more of my friends uh, that I got a new car and that I could, that I could drive. Uh, but the next time returning back home, coming down the driveway, it didn't work out too well for me. Instead of hitting the brakes, I hit the accelerator and ran into the neighbor's tree. Oh, yes, it, yes I did. And so... And so the neighbors and my brothers came out to see the crime scene. I mean, the, the accident. Because I knew at that moment my life was in grave danger. And I had to suffer the consequences for being disobedient. If, if you have your Bibles this morning or mobile device, I want you to look at our key scripture for the day. It's found in John 14. 
uh, verse number 15, John 14 and 15. And it reads, it says, if you love me, you would obey what I command. If you love me, you would obey what I command. When we're making important decisions in life, we got to ask ourselves this ultimate question. What is sort of the bottom line? We got to ask ourselves, is, we ask ourselves, ourselves is, is it going to profit me? Is God going to be pleased about it? Will it bring me pleasure? What would other people think about this decision? Will it build security? Will, what are the benefits? What are some of the consequences? People ask all kinds of questions. But the bottom line question is, is that it's safe every single time you come to a decision. That question is, is this an act of obedience to God? Am I obeying God? Can God endorse and co-sign on this decision? And a lot of issues this, that when we make the decision to do this, we, we say to ourselves, uh, you know, if I make the correct decision, if I'm being obedient to God, I, it would eliminate a lot of heartaches. Uh, it would lift up a lot of burdens. It would avoid embar embarrassment. It would keep me from being in deep trouble. So here, the whole issue of obedience oftentimes looks like this. The whole subject of the obedience says in the Bible that, you know, we have to grow. We have to do the things that God has called us to do. And there's many other subjects in the Bible. And a lot of times people don't want to talk about obedience, but you got to get this straight. If we don't get obedience straight first, then all the other subject in the Bible doesn't really matter. Amen, church. It doesn't really matter. And, and I said, I want to, I want to challenge us this morning. And, and what I wanted to do is uh, lift up four principles that will help us to live an obedient life of faith. How many of y'all want to hear the four principles of wanting to live an obedient life of faith? First thing that God, uh, it, we share with us is that we have to, we have to our, our obedience have to be, we have to obey God immediately. We have to obey him immediately. Uh, obedient faith, obedient faith. If you look at in, 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 in uh, John 14, uh, chapter 15, he said, if you love me, you will obey me. We have to put our faith where love is. We have to put faith where love is. And in, in, in essence, faith and obedience are interconnected. You cannot separate the two. Faith and obedience goes together. Faith is, is not just saying I'm going to do something, but it's actually doing it. Uh, it's, it's interconnected. Faith is like calories. Uh, you can't see it, but obedience is like the results. You'll see it coming up. You know, you go to the grocery stores and we look at items and we say, you know, how many calories? We can't really see calories. But, but if you act it out, you'll see it, the results of the calories. And so here, it's here you can't separate the two. Uh, to put it another way, uh, uh, cement. Cement. Cement is, is a substance because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is truly a substance. But so, so cement is a substance as well. In fact, I discovered cement is the most used substance besides water, cement. But, but cement cannot become concrete unless you add water to it. If you go to the store, you see baths of cement. But cement does not turn to concrete unless you mix it up with water. 
The same thing is true with your faith, having dangerous faith and being obedient. It's good to have faith, but you got to mix it up with obedience in order for God to lay a foundation in your life. And so here again, we want to talk about the first principle to obey God immediately. Look at Psalms 119, verse number 32. It says, I quickly obeyed your commands because you have made me happy. I quickly obeyed your command because you have made me happy. Then Psalms 19, verse 60 says, Without delay, I hurry to obey your commands. Sometimes God calls us to purpose, calls us to get inside of his will, calls us to certain corrections in our lives, and his response to our questioning of it is because I said so. Have, have, have y'all ever had a, a conversation with your parents and the response was, because I said so? Yes, and God is the same way. He, he, sometimes we don't fully comprehend it, we don't fully understand it, but, but because we trust him, we, he wants us to do it immediately without, without uh, lips back and without talk back and without your own opinion. And so here, here this, this wise God whom we serve is omniscient. He's omniscient. He's, he's omnipresent. He's all, he's all potent. He, he knows all things. And God loves us absolutely perfectly. And he has given us a course to our lives. And, and we can't improve that course that he has already designed for us. In, in other words, check this out, church. He has the very best, best plan for you. He has the best answer for any question that you're wrestling with. The only question now, will we obey his commands? And, uh, and oftentimes, check this out, church, oftentimes we kind of move within our own timing and our own response. And we decide we're going to do it, but it's going to be under my own, my own terms, right? But God says, I want to hear you, when is the right time? When is the right time? Because you got to understand the enemy, the enemy to obedience is delayed obedience. Write that down. The enemy to obedience is delayed obedience. Sometimes we play deaf to God. You know how sometimes you talk to your kids and they pretend like they don't hear you. And sometimes we do the same thing. We say, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, God. So, so the question is, what are we pretending God isn't telling us? Let me say it again. What is we're pretending that God isn't telling us? Perhaps he's asking us to forgive someone. Perhaps he's asking us to reconcile a, a relationship. Perhaps he's telling us right now to repent for a certain lifestyle. Perhaps he's telling us to leave this place of comfort to move into your, your place of purpose and destiny. Perhaps he's telling you to break this addition and, and stronghold or whatever is controlling your life. But oftentimes when we delay, we delay the response. And when we delay this response, what we're saying, God, I really don't trust you. Uh, can, we be, can I be honest with you all? Many adults use counseling, use counseling as a form of delayed obedience. We already know the right thing to do. We just don't want to do it. See, see, if we can continue to talk about it, then we don't have to do it. And something we just don't need to pray about, we need to be like Nike. We just need to do it. Okay, okay. What if, I'm going to ask this question. What if 
God responded to your needs at the same speed you obey him. Did y'all catch that? What if, what if God responded to your prayers and, and your blessings and your provision at the same speed you respond to him with obedience? See, that hesitation is proof that we don't completely trust him. Uh, and if we're honest with ourselves, again, when we delay obedience, we say to ourselves, God, I can't see my way clearly. I don't know how this is going to work out. But when we do that, we imply that God can't see the way either. But his word declares that my word is a lamp unto my feet, your feet, a, a light unto your pathway. God sees the second step, the third step, the fourth step. He sees all of it. We just need to be obedient to him. See, see the wisdom is this. The best wisdom I'm getting, when we obey God, we can trust him in the tiny steps and also the giant leaps. But either way, he has our back. Uh, 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 so when I, I played football at TCU, I played t football at TCU, and, and when I played football at TCU, uh, we... Uh, once I come off the field, my, my coach, my coach will pull me over to the sideline and give me certain cor corrections about what's going down on the field, that he can put me in the right position in order for me to be successful against the opposing team. Now, I'm thinking to myself, I'm doing pretty good. I'm giving all this effort. You know, I'm working really hard. But my coach sees something. When he pulls me over to the side, he said, no, there's something else you need to make an adjustment. You need to make a change. You need to make it immediately in order for you to be successful. And, and also, he said, if, if, if you do this, we're going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to put you in a position to do extremely well. Now, now, now the reason my coach has, is qualified to tell me that because he has some headphones on. And, and this headphone set is directed to someone in the press box. And this person in the press box is called the coordinator. See, the coordinator is, sits up high and he sees the entire, the entire field. See, me as a player, I'm just limited by what I see on the field. But, 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 but see, the, the coach on the field has connections with someone up high that can see the entire field. And so what does it have to do with anything? I said, well, you know, when we come in, we tell you, you know, you need to respond to God's calling. You need to correct some things in your life. And it's not us. We're just listening to God telling us from the press box some things that we need to do to become better as a team. But, but, but I like this, too. Another thing, too, sometimes I'm really messing up. The coach doesn't even talk to me. You know what he does? He just gives me the headphone sets so I can talk to the coordinator straight ahead. Regardless, it's for my best interest. And so, and so here we have to obey God immediately. We need to obey God immediately. But not only do we need to obey God immediately, we need to obey him completely. So the first point is obey him immediately. The second thing is obey him completely. Uh, if you notice in, in verse number, uh, uh, Psalms 119, verse number four, he says, Lord, you gave your orders to be obeyed completely. In other words, we can't pick and choose which scriptures we want to obey because partial obedience is still disobedience. Did you hear what I said? Partial obedience is still disobedience. Um, when I think about, about obedience 
and how would we define obedience? Obedience is really simple. It's really simple. It says the same way you would, would with your own children, you would say, I want you to do what I say, how I say it, when I say it, and the reason behind I say it. And God is the same way. He, God says, when I say something, I want you to do when I say it. For the reason I say it and whom I say it with. In other words, we have to obey God completely. And obedience is not passive, but it's active. Obedience is active. Because the reason it's active because one wrong turn could cost you money. One wrong turn could cost a job. One wrong turn could cost an opportunity. One wrong turn could cost you a marriage or your life. And so, and so I want to highlight two truths here about God. We should obey him completely because, number one, if we're going to have this dangerous faith, we got to obey him completely because God's standard of right and wrong will never change. Amen, somebody. God's standard of right and wrong would never change. The truth would never change. Opinions, culture, all these things change, but God's word never wavers. And, and, and you cannot lead an obedient life with a closed Bible. Mark that down. You cannot lead and live an obedient life with a closed Bible. So you got to ask yourself, do I really trust God at his word? At his word. Secondly, James, James 4, 11, put it this way, the new living Bible translation. Your job is not to obey whether it's right or wrong, the law is right or wrong, but to to obey it, to obey it. And the oldest temptation and sin is to doubt God at his word. It's to doubt God at his word. And I want to give you something to consider in your own life, that, that when we learn to be obedient with God, it is the simple truth in building a spiritual foundation on something that is solid because the word of God never changes. We have to, to obey him. And, and to obey means to put your weight on it, to trust God at his word. Uh, Psalms 3, uh, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. We have to put our weight, our trust on God's word at his word. Uh, uh, to put your weight on it. Uh, uh, some years ago, uh, my wife and I, we went on a, a trip uh, to, to uh, Mexico with a, a group of friends. We went on a trip with a, a group of friends, and, and we decided to go snorkeling. We decided to go snorkeling, but uh, one of the problems is uh, I can't swim. <laughs> and and, and, and my, my, my belief is if my feet can't touch the ground in water, I don't get down. And, and so, and so, but after everybody trying to talk me into going snorkeling, and I was looking at the brochures, and based on the brochures, everybody was standing in the water, and they had the goggles on, and looking down in the water, and I thought, I could do this. And so we, we get into this boat to go on the other side of the coral reef uh, to look at all the fish. You know, we're trying to find Nemo, right? And, um, and so... So we get to the middle of the ocean, and the tour guide stopped the boat. 
I said, no, nah, we can't do this. And, and what they said was, well, you have on a, a life jacket. I said, I know how much I weigh, and I know how much that life jacket weighs. And I really don't trust that life jacket to hold me up in that water. And so, and so everybody's getting out the boat, and I'm standing there, everybody having a good time, talking about all the different fish and looking down the water. And, and, and I'm still in the boat because I'm struggling with this, this trust deal about putting my weight on this, this life jacket. And so, so the tour guide said, you know what, I'm going I'm to go down there with you. And even though he was holding me up, I was still holding on to the side of the boat. But, but the check this out. The more I began to trust the life jacket, the more I began to put my weight on it, the more I became being able to snorkel and enjoy the, 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 the fish. I would have never experienced that unless I put my weight on the life jacket. Isn't God more important than the life jacket? Don't you think God will hold us up in difficult circumstances? But what he wants us to do is put our trust in him completely. Not holding on to other people, not holding on to circumstances, but resting on him, putting our weight on him. So we have to, to, to obey him completely. So we obey him immediately, we obey him completely. Thirdly, obey him joyfully. <laughs> obey him joyfully. Look in Psalms uh, 100, number two, it says, obey him. Come before him with singing. Joy, come before him singing joy. And in the Psalms 119, 47, I enjoy obeying your commands. I enjoy obeying your commands. I enjoy obeying your commands. I, I gain pleasure out of being obedient to your word. Uh, it's, it's a joy to obey God for three reasons. First of all, because you will experience more benefits and less problems. You will experience more benefits and less problems. See, obeying God, if we're real with ourselves, it's not always easy or comfortable. And sometimes God put us in a position where it's of discomfort and we really have to trust him. But in order for you to really experience the blessings of God, the favor of God, and not run into the problems of life, we have to obey him joyfully. We have to obey him joyfully. Uh, uh, growing up, I put it this way, growing up, I used to play on this uh, video game. Remember the, the first Nintendo? It came with the Super Mario Brothers games. And so I was, I was really good at that. You know, I would play Super Mario Brothers, and, and uh, I, 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 I won the whole game. I felt real good about myself. Uh, and then my son, my son got this game called the Wii. And they came out with the, 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 the new the new Super Mario Brothers, and they had, they had Bowser, and they had the Toes, and you know, when I was playing, they just had Mario and Luigi. But now they had all these things, and so I started playing on the game by myself, and I was, I was struggling, because it didn't look like what I was accustomed to with the, the first Mario Brothers. And so I would do like what any, any smart adult and parent would do. I called my son down to help me. And check this out, check this out. In the middle of the game, he paused the game. And he came in the game with me as a different character. So I'm playing with Mario, he come back in the game with me. And, and check what I was doing. He was going a certain direction, I was following right behind him. 
He was telling me to go this place. I was listening to him joyfully. And the reason I was listening to him joyfully is because he has already defeated the game. He knew where all the secret coins was at. He knew where all the danger was at. And all they had to do was just follow, and I was following joyfully. The same thing when it comes to our relationship with Christ. God has already won the victory. What he wants us to do is just follow him. In fact, God can, can join you right now in the middle of your game. You may be frustrated. You're thinking, I can't get this. I don't understand it. But God can come in the midst and show you new directions. But we have to, we got to obey him joyfully. And another point that I really want to highlight, not only do we have to obey him joyfully, we have to obey him continually. Uh, we have to obey him continually. Uh, when, when, when we obey him continually, there's a certain joy that comes with it. Joyful obedience is never easy, but it endures until eternity. It's not always met with man's approval, but it always makes Christ smile. Joyful obedience, joyful obedience. Uh, and the reason we want to have joyful obedience and we want it to be continual is because, because we, if we love God, we will obey him. See, love is the center that holds obedience and joy together. When we disobey God, it's because we fully don't appreciate his unconditional love for us. And, and check this out. We can tell about our level of joy and continual obedience by our maturity in the faith. Maturity in the faith. See, when, when, when I punish my kids because they don't fully understand it, they get upset. But when you grow up as an adult, you look at it from a different perspective. It's not punishment. It's to make me better. And as we begin to grow spiritually, that's how we should approach it. We should approach that. It's not to, it's not to damage me. It's to edify me. And so, so how does God measure this? God measure our obedience not by what we say, but, but what, what we do. Amen, somebody. Love is demonstrated not by what you say, but what you do. And we, we show our love by keeping the commandments. And as, as we talk about this continual, this continual obedience, this continual obedience, our relationship with God is not a sprint, but a marathon. Let's say it again. Our relationship with God is not a sprint, but a marathon. When you prepare for a marathon, you condition differently. Everything is, your training regimen is different from a marathon as opposed to a sprint. Uh, Psalms, Psalms 119.33 tells us that uh, just tell me what to do and I will do it, Lord, as long as I live, I will wholeheartedly obey you. I will wholeheartedly obey you. Why? Because God wouldn't tell us anything that he would want us to do that will harm us. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, we got a, um, uh, we got the family got a dog called Bailey. It's a miniature snouts of Bailey. Uh, Bailey is a, it's an interesting dog. She's a very interesting dog. Uh, she, she will listen to you as long as you have a treat in your hand. If I have a treat in my hand, I say, Bailey, sit down. Bailey will sit down. Bailey will lie down. Bailey will come, 
Bailey will stay. But if I don't have a treat in my hand, Bailey's not very obedient. And, 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 and I thought about this too. Bailey, she, she had, to, in my opinion, she has the best life. People feed her twice a day, take her for walks whenever she has to ring a bell and she can go for a walk. People clean up behind her. She just move out the way so we can clean up behind her. Uh, but, but when somebody opened the door to our house, she'd be quick to run away and run out. And we had to go around the whole neighborhood to find Bailey. But I'm thinking to myself, if I had it this good, if I'm being taken care of this good, why would I ever want to leave? I would want to be in that place continuously. But I thought about this. Sometimes that's how we do God. God has blessed us. Each day he has provided for us. He cleans up behind our messes. Amen, somebody. Uh, 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 he covers us. He, 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 he loves us. And still, at the right opportunity, we, we walk away from him. And we become disobedient towards him. And sometimes the only way we're obedient to God, unless he's doing something for us, he got a blessing or a tree for us. But the Bible is telling us here, don't be that way. Love God and obey him continuously. Continuously. So you ask, how do you obey God continuously? Uh, Philippians 3 and 16 says, Let's keep, let us keep on obeying the same truth we have already been following. So the question is, are you obeying God in your relationships? This is a personal question I'm asking you. Are you obeying God with, with your finances? Are you trusting God with your business plan? Are you trusting God with your family? Watch this. Are you trusting God with that problem that's heavy on your mind? God wants us to walk in complete obedience to him. Uh, you know, when I was uh, here recently, uh, it, was, it was an interesting thing for me. And I'm getting ready to close with this. People didn't quite understand. I was at a job that was a really high-profile high position within a bank. And I was talking to my wife, and it was, it was heavy on me year before. And I was disobedient. God was telling me it's time to leave. And that's a hard situation when God tells you to, to do something, and you don't quite understand why. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. And it took me a, a year. I, I delayed the obedience. I delayed the obedience, and it made it more difficult for me. And at the end of the, at the, end of the day, I still had to make that decision. And I don't know, as, as we stand to our feet right now, I want to kind of talk to us real quick about, about obedience and the importance of it. You know, this lesson is very profound because it hits on all levels. It talks about, first of all, obeying God immediately. As I speak, someone may have something on their mind right now that they need to correct, that they need to address immediately. Because the longer you delay, the more consequences can emanate. But not only that, not only should we obey God immediately, but we need to obey him completely. 
And I know it may be challenging, God, I don't know how it's going to work out if I trust you at your word. I don't know the results from it. But God says, put your trust, put your weight on me. Put your weight on me. Put your weight on me. So, so not only immediately, not only completely, but God, am I, can I do it joyfully? Can I do it joyfully? And not only that, can I live with the decision that you have given me, the assignment you have given me? With everybody, heads, uh, eyes closed, head bowed, uh, there may be someone right now that's maybe struggling with the spirit of, of disobedience that God has called you to change or to address a matter and you're, you're operating within self. And he wants you to release that and truly rely upon him. That's the one who's under my voice is so God, I don't know how. I don't know what will be the results. But God, I'm going to surrender it all to you. I'm going to trust you completely. I'm going to put my weight on your words and know that you will create the provisions for me. If anybody's struggling with obedience right now, just lift up your hands. And we want to just take this moment to pray with you. There may be something that you're, you're wrestling with. You may have been disobedient. I thank you. I see you. We want to just pray, God, give you the courage and this dangerous faith to be bold before him, to do the impossible. God, we thank you. Let us pray. Father God, how we thank you just for your word. God, we thank you for just being the example that, God, you was obedient to your father even until the death on the cross. Even through your not fully understanding why, you humbled yourself through obedience unto your Father to grant us salvation. And so, Father God, I pray a special blessing upon each individual who lifted up their hands in the act of obedience unto you. God, I know you see their hands, you see their hearts. Can I ask right now that you give them supernatural courage, dangerous faith to be boldly, to move swiftly, to move swiftly and to obey you completely. God, how we thank you just for your word. Let it continue to resonate in our hearts as we respond to every assignment, every word, and to your voice and will as we keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you're in this room this morning and you say, Pastor Sean, man, I, I hear the message about obedient faith. I know that I need to start a relationship with Jesus. I need to take that first step in obedience. Or maybe you say, you know what, man, I I lived a life of obedience before, but I have turned away from the Lord my God. This morning is your moment to take that first step in obedient faith. So if you're here in this room and you heard the message from Tim and you say, man, that's, that's me. I need to make a decision for Jesus. This morning, we want to pray with you. I'm not going to call you up 
front. I'm not going to make you stand in front of the room. But I will gonna, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand to make a decision so I can know in this room that you want to take that step. So if you're in this room, you say, Pastor Sean, I need to make that decision. I need to do obedient faith. I'm going to ask you, raise your hand. If you're in this room and you need to start a relationship with Jesus, or you say, I'm ready to come back home, raise your hand. Raise it high so I can see it. I see that hand. I see another hand in the back. Anybody else? You're in this room. You say, I need to start that first step of obedient faith. I'll give you a couple more minutes looking across the room. Hands high so that I can see them. Amen. You can put those hands down. Now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And the great thing is this whole room is going to pray with you as you take these steps towards obedient faith. And there's nothing magical about this prayer. There's nothing supernatural about this prayer. This is your moment to say, you know what? Obedience starts today. So repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I love you. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for disobedience and not walking in obedient faith. I'm sorry for the things I've done. Forgive me. Write my name in your book of life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, and I will serve you all the rest of my days. In the precious name of Jesus.